This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you could afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back, gang. Merry Christmas season. Coming at you live, 17th of December, 2020. The Jay Swa and Silent Rob show. Jay Swa, what what is what's cracking? Um, not much, my guy. Uh, it, it is a week before Christmas, Christmas Eve, and uh, I just want to wish a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Kwanzaa to all our listeners, and uh, thank you. You guys have been great in a tough year. It's been fun doing this, um, and, and thanks for all your feedback. We are in the fantasy playoffs, fantasy football playoffs. I know, Rob, you're strictly a fantasy basketball guy, which will mm-hmm. which will uh, kick, kick in soon here. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is the part in the show where I want to brag about my fantasy team. So if you could ask them, if you could ask me uh, about them so I could bring them up, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. How is, um, how was your fantasy basketball team two years ago when, uh, you and I played, no, I'm just kidding, dude. How's, how's fantasy football this year, 2020, give us the update. Yeah. Okay. Um, really, (laughs) really ruined the energy there. Um, but yeah, this year, thanks for asking. Um, really, really good. It was really, really good year for fantasy. So the sports betting, a, a big problem with the sports betting this year is I took too many positions preseason. And I think that was just because way too much time on my hands was just like, Hey, yeah, why not? Why not be entrenched in this position here or there? Uh, but fantasy did really well. Um, daily fantasy, pretty decent, but my season long fantasy, um, did well. 21 teams, 21 pro teams I did on Yahoo. Um, 16 of which made the playoffs. Um, 19 of which were 500 or better. So really excited about that. It, this next two weeks is like a pretty ridiculous swing of uh, like ROI for the season because the it's obviously the playoffs are binary. So there's two rounds of playoffs of the semifinals. Uh, and obviously if you win that, you're in the championship. Uh, if you lose this week, you go into the, um, the third place game. Third place gets paid. Fourth place doesn't. First and second obviously get paid. Um, so my, my overall net worth will, will swing the next couple of weeks based on this. Um, but we're probably looking at like a 40% low, uh, ROI. So like a low range, probably like a 10 to 15 range of outcome, about 40% ROI and, and a high of like a 85 to 90% range around, um, a hundred percent ROI. If we're talking about like ranges of outcomes here. Um, not, that's not for overall net worth. Of course, I'm just saying from re- return on investment from, um, what I put into this at the beginning of the year. Um, so if, um, if any of you out there text me or call me and I sound a little bit anxious, uh, you, you, you now know why mm-hmm. you now know why. Um, but, but in all seriousness, I'm really, really happy about this. Um, this is the reason why I moved back from Vegas because this is illegal in Vegas sport. <laughs> Fantasy football for money um, is viewed as gambling, which which it is. Uh, but the the websites don't call it gambling because obviously all the states don't have it legalized yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nevada was like, "This is clearly gambling. You got to p- pay for a gambling license and all the taxes that come with that." Um, Yahoo and like DraftKings and all these other ones, they of course declined to do that. Um, so you can't do it in Vegas. Can't do it in Arizona either. Your your lovely state, um, or else I'd probably be out there. 
Um, but, it, but it is the reason I moved back to, to nice and cold Maryland, uh, where I am now. Uh, and it's just nice to get that confirmation next year. We're going to, we're going to throw a lot of money at it. Um, so I, I'm really excited for next year. Um, we're actually probably going to gear more towards a fantasy, at least maybe 50, 50 of more fantasy input and information. Um, but, but yeah, it's been a great year. Thanks for asking. I really, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, dude. Just looking out for you. Yes. The, uh, the kind of guy you are, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's get into our format that we've we've adopted for um, most of the uh, last month or so, which is going over the primetime games and the games you're most likely to see. Uh, so starting on Monday Night Football, we're going to have the Bengals and Steelers, and it's probably the worst Monday Night Football game of the of the year. Last week we had the best Monday Night Football game of the year. Uh, we'll talk about that next because we talk about the Browns. But in this game, the Bengals and the Steelers. Um, two teams going in the, in the wrong direction. The Bengals, uh, the Jets probably are the only team that's worse than the Bengals. And there's, there's like a 30% chance that the Jets are intentionally losing. So that just tells you how bad the Bengals are. They lost Joe Burrow about three, four weeks ago. Um, they're, they were one in 15 last year. And I think they're two and 12, two and something of that nature this year, two and excuse me, two, 10 and one this year. So they've won three games in two years with this coach. I'm not exactly sure how he has a job still. Uh, I mean, they are they are a terrible team, like in terms of talent wise. But but still, I mean, that that's a lot of losses. So he will definitely be on the hot seat next year. Um, whereas the Steelers have lost two. Uh, a big theme of the show uh, last couple of weeks prior to this was how overrated the Steelers are. They are definitely becoming closer and closer to properly rated. But um, they're definitely a bit of a cutting knife right now, or excuse me, a falling knife right now. Um, and, and I, I don't want to catch them. I still think they have a ways to go. I think you can make the argument they're, they're the fifth, maybe even sixth best team in the AFC. Um, I'd, I'd actually probably problem have them at five. I would have, um, the Titans, meh, actually probably four. I would have the Bills, Chiefs, and Ravens ahead of them. Um, but, but maybe they fall further. Uh, but yeah, still they've won 11 games. But uh, this is a 13-point spread. The, the total is 40 points. Um, I, I don't want anything to do with this game. I don't even think you could start many players in fantasy for either team. Uh, just an ugly, ugly game uh, in, in beautiful Cincinnati. Um, any, any thoughts, feelings about the Monday Nighter uh, before we move on to Sunday Night Football and Chris Collinsworth? Did you have Pittsburgh on that list? I know we've talked about it many times. I should just remember this, but I don't of teams that can win the Super Bowl. I feel like I remember you saying that you don't believe that the Steelers are capable of winning the Super Bowl. Correct. So when they were undefeated, I said that. And I said the only caveat is if they somehow get the number one seed, I would say they can just because they would have to – they would play one less game because they one number one seed gets that wild card by. Mm-hmm. But they, they have a very, very small chance of getting that now. I think it's uh, – around like a three to four percent chance um because that they've lost the tiebreaker with the chiefs because the chiefs have beat the bills and the bills just beat the steelers so common Mm -hmm. opponent comes in as a tiebreaker so yes i I had the steelers completely off that list um if i had to say the list right now i would say um (sighs) the word can is such a is such a fucking open-ended word it's a tears uh, thing. Put it in terms of tears. There's tears, tears yeah, like yeah, a high yeah. probability that one of these handful of teams wins it. Yeah, the Chiefs are clearly the the number one team that to make the 
to make the Super Bowl. I, I'd say I take a bet at even odds that they will be in the Super Bowl. Um, and they're definitely the favorite to win it. Uh, then uh, the next tier, I would say the NFC's best team or best chance to win it now is the Packers. The Saints just lost to the Eagles, and that was a game we said last week that the Eagles uh, it was kind of like a perfect spot for them. They got ignited by a new quarterback. The Saints were on their third road game, and they blew a really, really important game for them. Uh, also, there's major question marks about Drew Brees. We'll talk about that when we get to the, the game of the week, which is just the Chiefs and the Saints. Uh, but I definitely say the, the Packers and uh, would be the second best team. Definitely a tier below the, the Chiefs. They have major holes, especially on defense, but their offense is, is fucking clicking. Devontae Adams is a beast. Aaron Rodgers is killing it. Um, so I would then go Packers saints. Uh, I'd still put the Seahawks on that tier. Um, just because Russell Wilson is so good. Their defense is making some strides, but their offense is, is definitely having some issues. Uh, that would be that next, the tier underneath. I would then put bills, Ravens, um, Titans, if the stars align, um, and, and then probably the Steelers right there. So those would be the teams that quote unquote can win it. Um, if you gave me, you gave me the Chiefs, Packers, and and Saints. I would let you have the field in terms of we did a straight up bet. Um, mm-hmm. I would say as I give me those three teams. If they combine those three teams, I think they have better than a fifty percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, hopefully that that's able to put it in, in a good way. Um, the only really team I would say outside of that is maybe Seattle if Russell Wilson really got hot, um, and 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 maybe the Ravens if everything clicked as well. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a good, that's a good exercise. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, moving to Sunday night football and Chris Collinsworth. Uh, we have the Cleveland Browns off a crazy, crazy Monday night game. Uh, they are a six point favorite at the giants. Uh, giants have pretty much just completely fallen apart. Even if it was just one game they lost. I, I thought the giants had a good shot at beating the, the Cardinals last week and they just got absolutely dominated. Um, it's just one of those things where the giants were at their highest value and the Cardinals were at their lowest value. And Kyler Murray also looked really healthy. There was question marks about his health. Um, the Cardinals absolutely, uh, proved that they were the best team. Actually our, our mutual buddy who, who works for the team was gracious in, in, in texting me and saying that he felt bad that it, it didn't do well for my bet, but, um, clearly the better team won. So that's, uh, you can't be you can't be upset about that. Better team won. I had a misread on that. The Giants look like they have issues. The only saving grace here is the Browns just came off a, a Monday night game where uh, they they kind of came back in miraculous fashion against the Ravens and then then lost at the the end there. Um, I, I did have a, a small story with that game. I, I had bet the Ravens in game at minus three and uh, minus four. Ravens won up two touchdowns. Life is looking good. Uh, then the Browns get a touchdown, and then we get a report from the sidelines that Lamar Jackson mysteriously has cramps, um, which uh, many of us are are led to assume he had to take a shit. Um, which, if you saw, I don't know if you saw the the security photos of him like doing the dance into the fucking um, locker room, but it certainly does line up with that. Uh, certainly lines up with that theory of him having to take a shit. I will show you after the show if you didn't see that. Uh, but it is very, very funny. I, did, I was able to, to see that clip. Um, and yes, I can confirm that that's a, that's a turd waddle if I've ever seen one. Yeah, that was definitely a turd waddle. So upon seeing this turd waddle, I took the Browns um, 
at half half my no pun intended took the Browns at half the position uh, at five and a half to lower my bet. Obviously, don't know what the quarterback's doing here. Don't know how long he's going to be in for that shit. He was out for about pretty much a quarter in, in which the Browns got back into the game, ended up tying the game at the very end. The Brown uh, Ravens going to score. Okay, I, I say all right. That's pretty much a push because I had Browns plus five and a half which would win the Ravens at minus four, which would lose. And then the Ravens at minus three, which would push. Uh, but the Browns in Browns fashion uh, had a last second heave and lateral, which ended up uh, lending itself to a safety, which made it fall on the only number five, which pretty much never a game never lands on five uh, in which I won all three bets, which was, which was very, very fun. Um, a lot of yelling and screaming. Cracked my phone a little bit in the celebration, but it's worth it. Not, not the front, not the front of my phone, the back of my phone. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, those people that do scars, not tattoos. You know, that's yeah. that's how I am. I'm a scar, scar, not tattoo kind of guy. Um, and and I, every time I look at the back of my phone, I'm I'm remembered. But yeah, I was shouting, uh, "Safety is five. Safety is five. And and I do mean shouting. You you can talk to my my roommates um, about that. But yeah, so that that was fun. But as for this game, I'd say um, it's really about how the Browns come out. The Browns are clearly the better team. Their offense has really been clicking. Put up uh, 42 points, I believe, against the Ravens this week. Um, 45 last week against the Titans. Uh, they're clearly the better team. It, it's really about if, if they're going to have a hangover after this. Also, the Giants, this is a must-win game for them to win the division. So um, definitely one I want no pregame action on. But um, if you see the Browns maybe come out slow, then yeah, maybe taking the Giants at a little bit of reduced price, plus four, plus three, that that could be uh, a good angle. Or conversely, if you see the Browns come out hot, even lane seven or eight, that, that could be doable because um, they are clearly the better team. Uh, so that's definitely an angle just to look at in this game. Um, yeah. So let's get to the game of the week. Um, that's the Chiefs at the Saints. Uh, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. The total is 51 and a half. Um, the Chiefs have not covered since October. They have not covered a spread since October. Last week, I, I told you if I, I never want to bet against the Chiefs, but if I had to, I would take the Dolphins uh, last week. They did cover. It, it, was, a, it was a backdoor cover. Um, the Chiefs were up nine uh, with about a minute left. The Dolphins went down, got a quote-unquote meaningless field goal. They, get, they got a field goal because they had to get two scores, so it was the right play. But it was a bit of a lucky uh, cover there. But that being said, the Chiefs have not covered uh, since October. Um, interesting scenario. The Saints looks like they're going to go with Taysom Hill. Uh, Drew Brees still recovering from an injury. He was supposed to be back like a week ago. Uh, and this is a guy in his early 40s recovering from – it's like a rib injury, but it's also other parts of his body. Uh, I think the biggest question with the Saints here is, is do we see Drew Brees at all the rest of the year? Um, that being said, if I had to bet this game, I would take the Chiefs minus three. But I think the Chiefs are really, I don't want to say you know, completely predictable, but I think the way they bet the Chiefs is, is in-game. They clearly, they fall behind the in a lot of games. They fell behind the Dolphins. I think they were down almost two touchdowns uh, against the Dolphins, and they come roaring back. So um, the Chiefs' offense, uh, just their ability to – uh, you know, score when they want to score. Uh, they're in a dome, which increases scoring uh, output. And I, I just feel like Taysom Hill is a quarterback. He's a running quarterback. I mean, he 
he just makes things he makes throws you don't see in the NFL in a bad like I'm saying that in a bad connotation. So a lot of times people will say about Patrick Mahomes, like he makes these throws that, you know, no one else can make. It's like for Taysom Hill, he makes these throws that no one else makes. He he threw a um a screen pass to Alvin Kamara so hard that it went off his hands and then flipped up in the air and was picked off by by someone else. And it's just like it's just something you never see in the NFL. Um and it, He's been the starter for the Saints in, in four games. Yes, they won four, uh, three of those games, but one of them was against the Broncos, who had no quarterback. Literally, that's not a figure of speech. They they had a wide receiver playing quarterback because uh, COVID. Two of them were against the Falcons, which were wins, but the Falcons are not a good organization or, or team right now. And the other one was a loss against the Eagles, who have four wins on the year. And, and you know, so. I just feel like if Taysom Hill is is the starting quarterback this week, uh, if you don't take the Chiefs pregame, which I don't plan on doing, um, I, I would get an in-game bet on the Chiefs two ways. One, if they fall behind, or the other way, if the Chiefs are, go up and they, they look like they they came out guns a-blazing, even if it's minus seven, even if it's minus seven and a half, I would take the Chiefs because um, – it shows that they really care about this game. The the one question I do have is, does Kansas City really care about this game? They have two meaningless games after this. They've pretty much sewed up the one seed. Um, you know, and, and then on the other side is, does New Orleans care? Um, you know, they've pretty much locked into the two seed. Yes, they can still catch the Packers, but they need the Packers to lose again, and they have to win this game and win the next two. So I think this is definitely a wait-and-see approach. Um, thoughts, feelings? Um, for your quasi hometown, uh, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little surprised that in a dome with Patrick Mahomes, I guess it's it's for all the reasons you just said with Taysom Hill at quarterback, that this total is not a little bit higher than we're seeing. What fifty one and a half? Maybe would have would have expected these two teams to be the highest among the highest totals of the week. Uh, but all else equal, yeah, two good teams. Uh, tight game, not not really enough of a clear edge pregame to to make this a. These lines are sharp, man. They stay sharp. Yeah, yeah, they they are, and I, I would say this: if if this were like the Super Bowl and it was this, you know, like obviously the Chiefs are going to come out guns a blazing. I would I would have bet this minus three to oblivion, and and I wouldn't have been the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it does come down to does KC really care about this game, right? Um, and, and that's a real question. Because um, you know they they have to essentially lose twice to not get the one seed, and they play the Chargers and the Falcons both at home. Both teams, I think, with a combined uh, six wins on the year, um, so very very unlikely they lose those games. Um, so so yeah, I, I, and I'm very proud of the comment you just made. You're right; the total would probably be 54, 55 if Drew Brees were playing. Um, so yeah, you you uh, do you host a sports betting podcast or something? That was a uh, great co-host. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool, very cool, very proud of you, Rob. Don't I don't say that enough. Well, actually, let's put it this way: you don't, you don't give me reasons to say that enough. Right. I think yeah, that sounds better. That, <laughs> um, next game I want to talk about is Philadelphia at Arizona. Uh, Arizona is a six-point uh, favorite. Total is forty-nine and a half. This is kind of a common theme here, um, and, and, and I've mentioned on the show plenty, but. Uh, I think this is a game you find out in the first quarter uh, what side you want to bet. 
Philadelphia first half last week converted a lot of fourth downs, which are high leverage plays, meaning if you convert them, they really help your win percentage. If you don't convert them, they really hurt your win percentage. So they were obviously on the good side of variance there. Um, it allowed them to build a 17 nothing first half lead. Um, and they pretty much just held on for, for dear life in the second half. Um, only scoring, I think it was a touchdown. Um, they, they avoided many turnovers. And really all they did was they did a lot of read options with Miles Sanders and their new quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts as a, as a person. He's, he's awesome. He handled the benching from Tua Tagovailoa Viola uh, at Alabama really well. Uh, but still questionable about, about his throwing ability in, as far as an NFL quarterback. Um, now, that being said, maybe they gear up some offense where they can really take advantage of his running ability. Um, and Arizona's only had one game of film to look at it. And, and you know, and, and it also could ignite a spark. I mean, anytime you get a, co- a quarterback change, and we talked about this last week, anytime you get a quarterback or a coaching change, it lights a fire on the entire team because they say, well, hey, if this guy can get benched or fired, then I can. So we're all playing for our jobs here. And I think you kind of saw that with Philadelphia. That being said, the Saints, they very they could have come back in the second half down 17. They didn't complete the job. Um, so, so I think this is one we'll, we'll find out very early, if not the first quarter by the first half, uh, which of the two avenues, if it, so the other scenario would be, it was kind of totally a fluke. Arizona has this mapped out, uh, Arizona plays from ahead the whole game and, and they don't really, you know, they probably win by 10, maybe, maybe, uh, 14 points. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think you'll, you'll see that quite early with this game. Um, I am still, uh, a little under market on Arizona that cost me last week, not directly. I didn't bet it because I had the giants bet uh, futures bet. Um, but I was expecting the giants to really give them a game and, and win the game. I was totally wrong about that. Kyler looked healthy. Uh, their defense looked good and, and the giants looked like shit. So I will admit, I don't have the best feel for this Arizona team right now. Um, I thought I did beforehand. Uh, last week, but but being so wrong when you're so wrong, it definitely gives you cause for for pause. Um, that would be a good fundraiser for uh, for dogs, by the way. Cause for uh, pause. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- thoughts about the game. Thoughts about my uh, analysis about you know how we're going to view that game and maybe seeing how it plays out. I like that. It'll be a good one to revisit next week to see if we did actually get signal, not noise, in the first quarter from that. Mm-hmm. And, interesting. Yeah, and this was one last week we kind of hit the nail on the head, uh, we being obviously me, uh, with Philadelphia beating the Saints, saying how it was kind of a perfect storm where we had the, the Eagles came out really hot and the Saints came out really cold after, which was com- somewhat predictable because of their third straight road game. So you're right, we will have to revisit that. Um, the next game I want to talk about, there are two Washington football teams playing in um, Prince George's County, Maryland this week. We have Seattle visiting the Washington football team. Um, Seattle is a five-point favorite. Uh, 44 and a half is the total. Uh, Seattle, it's five is such a weird number. It's, it's essentially a meaningless number except for this Monday night, right? <laughs> and um, it, this really comes down to Alex Smith playing or not playing. And if Alex Smith is not playing, I think this is a good bet. Anything under a touchdown if Alex Smith is playing, I would I would stay off this game, um, and it's not because Alex Smith is necessarily good. It's because he doesn't turn the ball over, um, and it's also because Washington's backup Dwayne Haskins is a turnover machine. Um, if you scraped away the turnovers, 
Dwayne, Dwayne, Hask, Dwayne Haskins, excuse me, passes the ball better, but turnovers is such a, uh, it is the most predictive uh, indicator of who wins a football game. Mm-hmm. So a big reason why I think Philadelphia is such a wild card and maybe they are better with Jalen Hurts, even though Jalen Hurts can't pass the ball that well, is because Carson Wentz had so many turnovers. And, and with Washington, Dwayne Haskins has so many turnovers. Um, so uh, the way I'm actually going to bet this is if, if the Seattle, uh, excuse me, if Alex Smith doesn't play, I will bet the Eagles win the division because uh, I remember I had that Giants ticket. So I, I really don't think Washington will win. If the Eagles don't win, then that helps my Giants position because they both lose. And then they, if they win, they become the favorites. Um, but if you don't have that position, which obviously most people don't, um, I would play it where Seattle, anything under a touchdown, if Dwayne Haskins plays, or I would pass. Uh, and the reason I would pass is this Washington defense is really good. Seattle's weakness is their offensive line. Um, but – Quarterback position is just entirely too important. And if you're going to give me Dwayne Haskins versus um, Russell Wilson, I don't care where they're playing this game. Washington State, um, suburban Washington, D.C., the moon, uh, I I will take Russell Wilson uh, versus Dwayne Haskins. Uh, So that's another wait and see, obviously. Uh, NFL has has given us a little Christmas miracle, a little Christmas gift early. Uh, And we have two Saturday games. Rob, um, they are not necessarily the best games. Actually, that that Chief Saints game is the only quote unquote good game of the week. It's the only uh, game of the week with two winning teams. Um, but it is professional football. Uh, it is going to have some of my fantasy players on it, so I will be glued to the television. We have the Panthers at the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers an eight and a half point favorite at home, fifty one and a half uh, point total. Uh, I'm not going to bet this game just because the Panthers are, are out of the playoffs. Uh, but if they if this was earlier in the year, I would definitely take the Panthers uh, plus eight and a half. Green Bay is clearly the better team. Eight and a half points is a lot. Um, the Panthers are a tough team, uh, but it's it's kind of hard to know um, you know what they're really playing for. They're they're going to bench Christian McCaffrey again, which is the right move. Uh, he's their franchise player. They're out of the playoffs. They're playing for nothing. Um, I also think Green Bay, the week ahead, next week they're playing the Titans in their biggest remaining game of the year. Um, it's Sunday Night Football. Uh, they're looking forward to getting interviewed by Chris Collinsworth. Uh, I, I, really, I really think this is, this is a spot where I, I would like to take the Panthers, uh, but just I, I don't like playing, betting on teams when, when you don't know their true you know, um, uh, meaning or, 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 you know, what they care about the actual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I definitely wouldn't bet the, the Packers. Like I said, I, I, if I had to pick one team from the NFC to go to the Super Bowl, I would pick the Packers. I have tons of respect for them. I just kind of see what, what, you know, how do the Packers really get up for this game? Um, and I know that's a narrative driven analysis really. Um, but, but it is something you have to factor in. Uh, but I did just want to touch on that. If I had a better game, on Saturday, I would bet on the four th- uh, the four thirty game uh, on the East Coast, which is Buffalo at Denver. Um, that is a six point favorite with Buffalo at uh, the Denver Broncos, forty nine and a half. Denver is such a hard team to predict. They've looked really really bad at times, and they've looked kind of above average at their best. Um, but Buffalo is really hot right now. Um, I, the only reason I'm not going to bet this is because Buffalo played two weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Uh, being the San Francisco 49ers, and which was 
Uh, they were actually underdog in that game. And then they played Sunday night football last week against the Steelers, uh, where they were about a two and a half, three point favorite, and they won. So essentially, they just won two coin flip games on primetime national television. Now they're going to Denver, uh, which has kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde team. Denver just won last week against the Panthers, um, playing in altitude on a Saturday, just too many weird variables. But if I was forced to bet a Saturday game between the Panthers, Green Bay and Buffalo, Denver, I would take Buffalo. Um, but there's just, there's just a lot of moving pieces here. Buffalo is clearly six points, if not seven points better. Um, but just with given this scenario, um, I would rather pass. So if you're, if you're listening so far, I really haven't given you an official pick yet. Have I? I haven't given you something where, hey, I'm putting putting real dollars behind this. Have I? Have I, Rob? Fucking slippery today, and the listeners are noticing, and they're gonna fucking riot soon. They are, they are. But I've been saving it for my wild card, my wild card bet of the week: Clemson, Clemson at Notre Dame. And it's actually not at it's not actually at Notre Dame. It's in Charlotte. It's in it's in beautiful Charlotte. So it's pretty much a, a home game for Clemson. And um, I don't know if you're familiar, but these two teams played earlier in the season. Um, they played at Notre Dame. Uh, with Clemson was at, without their star quarterback and the number one pick of the next year's NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and Clemson went in there, I believe, as a short favorite and lost in double overtime. Did you see that? Were you aware of that, Rob? No. You, yeah, so so Clemson um, to a mostly full stadium at Notre Dame. It wasn't completely full, but there was there's a lot of people there, um, and just tells you about Northern Indiana politics, obviously. Um, but then they stormed the field. I, I, I'm going to say at least ten, at least five to ten thousand kids stormed the field. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of notes about that game. First of all. Um, Clemson was without their star quarterback. And they, they, they actually, they, excuse me, had a good backup. They had a good backup who played. Uh, and he played fairly well. But here's some of the things other than that that was in Notre Dame's favor. First of all, they were in the COVID-infested uh, home field advantage. Uh, second of all, they scored from the first legal play uh, from scrimmage. So the first play was actually an offsides on Clemson, so the play was nullified. Uh, the, the next play, they, they had a 65-yard handoff. So they go up 7-0. Um, Clemson gets the ball. They don't score. Punted to Notre Dame. Notre Dame comes down, scores uh, a field goal. So they're up 10-0. So have all the momentum. Pretty much a perfect way of score, starting the game, other than scoring a second touchdown. But, I mean, going up 10-0 on the number one team in the nation uh, pretty much can't script it any better. Um, uh, Clemson does respond with a touchdown. Then Notre Dame responds with a field goal. So the game's 13-10. Clemson has the ball. And it's, it's kind of settled. Notre Dame is, is kind of losing. If they have any momentum, it's kind of slipping. Um, and then the Clemson running back, who's most likely going to be a first round, if not early second round pick, fumbles the ball, and Notre Dame returns it for a touchdown. So now it's 20-10. Um, and a defensive score in the NFL, obviously college football is different because the teams aren't, uh, there's not as much parity with the teams. Um, but when you score in the NFL a pick six or a defensive touchdown, you're around an 85 to 90% chance to win the game. So that's just like we talked about with turnovers being so important. Um, so Clemson goes down 20 to 10 after this um, return fumble. Uh, the very next possession, they fumble again, and Notre Dame gets it. Uh, 
Um, Clemson's defense is able to, I mean, they, they fumble at their own 15 yard line. So clearly in the red zone for Notre Dame, Notre Dame doesn't get any yardage though. Um, they hold them to a field goal. They hold them to a field goal. So now we are at, uh, 23 to 10 Clemson. After that, Clemson does get a field goal before half, but, um, they only score in the second half, I believe 10 points, Notre Dame. And, and a lot of that is because they were running the ball. They're trying to milk the clock. But what I'm trying to get at here is Notre Dame pretty much could not have had a better scenario in the first game. Okay. So let's put that down. Second thing, um, you know, Notre Dame, they celebrate like it's their, it's their championship. You know, they, they pulled this upset against the number one team in the nation. And then thirdly, Clemson is just a much better team, much more talented team. Um, they, they just recruit. They have the depth of five and four star athletes that Notre Dame just doesn't have for a variety of reasons. One, because their academics standards. Two, they're just not nearly as good of a program as Clemson. Um, but to me, all of this is a perfect storm to bet on Clemson. Um, you have Clemson, who's played in multiple national title games. Um, they've beat Alabama uh, multiple times in these playoff, uh, either for the championship or playoff games. So they're the only they're, they're the closest thing we get to Alabama. And Notre Dame is just notorious for losing in these scenarios. Uh, big games, especially neutral site games. Um, so I got this at eight and a half. It's currently 10, 10 and a half somewhere. I like this under under two touchdowns. So anything under 14, I love Clemson in this game. Um, one thing I really like about Clemson, obviously they have a lot of talent and they have the best quarterback in the nation, uh, but they have a really great cohesive coaching staff. And they've been together for a lot of years. They pay them really well, so they stay. And I, I think just in these type of games, it, coaching is so very important. And if you look at the history of Notre Dame not winning a lot of these big games, it's not necessarily that their coaches aren't as good. It's just they don't have the experience and they don't have that year after year um, you know, togetherness. Whereas Clemson has played in, I think, three out of the last five national championships, winning, I think, two of them. And they just have the big game experience. They have, they have the better players and they have revenge on there. So that's like a, that's a trifecta where, and and I admit I I did not bet at college football this year, but it's just one of those scenarios where I love taking the better team uh, after a loss and with revenge on their mind. Um, So yeah, thoughts, feelings on my hashtag bet of the week there, Rob. Look, it sounds great. Um, Sounds like, the Clemson players are going to be showing up to the game knowing the ball bounced against them uh, the last time. They know they know that, too. They know what it feels like. Um, they're going to come motivated. I'm surprised to hear you say you love it at two touchdowns. That's extremely high conviction in my mind. But Yeah, under under two touchdowns. So if you get, you get under 14. Yep. Yep. Right. That's still a lot. That's oh, a yeah. Conviction. Oh, yeah. Now – now, one thing I, I wanted to let you know is the spread is, or excuse me, the total is 60 points. So there's more, mm-hmm. there's more points expected in college football uh, than an NFL game. So, but yeah, sorry. Continue your, your thought there, Rob. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That, that, that's really it. That's, that's big conviction. That's big things that might, uh, might, might make me tune in for Q4 to see what, what weird shit goes on to make uh, Notre Dame oddly uh, cover in some way that's annoying and, and weird. 
Yes, yes. Well, that's what we're here for, Rob. That's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, man, uh, other than that, is there anything you want to tell the listeners? Uh, any Christmas miracles, wishes you want to put out there into uh, the podcast universe? No, no. I hope everyone gets through the Christmas season with minimal weirdness and difficulty. I know it's going to be a hard one. A lot of people are not actually hanging out with their families, which they may or may not have wanted to do. But anyways, <laughs> wishing everyone the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I echo that. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.